0: Welcome to the On-Premise IT Roundtable podcast, the only show that dares to be both on-topic and usually except in COVID times on location. Each time we meet, we bring together IT luminaries to discuss a single concept. In this episode, we're looking at Docker and specifically Docker rate limiting Docker Hub and whether they're kind of going to lose because of this. But before we begin, let's quickly meet who's on the panel.
1: Hi, I'm Rico. I'm a Gigan analyst, and you can find me on Twitter on uh, e-signority. e-signority. actually, in English. Hey, I'm uh,
2: Calvin Hendricks Parker. I'm CTO of Six Feet Up, and I'm on Twitter as CalvinHP.
3: Hi, I'm Joop. I uh, work at a little company called TLA Tech. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Yepiska.
4: My name is Larry Smith, and you can find me on Twitter at Mr. L. Smith SmithJR. Um, I am currently working as a senior DevOps engineer slash principal automation architect um, at Business Technology Architects. As many people know, Docker has become a really essential component of
0: the modern cloud, and especially when you're you know you're talking about like Kubernetes and Kubernetes applications and anything anything like that. I mean, essentially, we're pulling images from the Docker Hub constantly. I mean, I I have you know my own Kubernetes setup, and um, you know things come down off of Docker right and left. But uh, Docker has recently announced that they're gonna implement some rate limits there. And it's essentially gonna block uh, people like me from uh, making unlimited demands on their, uh, their hub. I can understand why they're doing this, but I can also see that this could cause a problem with them. But before we begin into that, I wonder, can somebody really kind of explain like how integral is Docker Hub to the modern um, you know, container environment and how many images are being pulled?
2: I don't know if I have any data on how many images are being pulled, but if you think about how Docker itself works with all the various layers, I mean, any, any work you do is going to have some base layer someplace probably pulled from Docker Hub. Uh, it's just it's in- inevitable. Uh, especially when you've got kind of it had become the official, you know, blue check mark like Twitter of official images for various projects. You know, whether it's like Redis or Postgres, and so them going into this new mode of well, kind of demanding money for what seemed like a free and open service, like a GitHub-style uh, piece. I mean, I understand they gotta make a dollar, but it feels like this is the wrong spot for them to start trying to make a dollar. Um, I know they've tried to the fund things in the past. You know, Docker Swarm kind of got eclipsed by. You know, Kubernetes has re, re, reinvented itself. They sold off the enterprise product. I, I don't know what's going on over there. And I, I don't know if anyone else has any other insights into this.
3: I, I don't think it's about making, you know, money off of this transition that Docker Hub's going through. I think it's an actual way of letting the community of open source users know that, you know, they're no longer providing that service. I think, you know, there's other alternatives Out there for you know uh, an image repository that i think are you know just as good um and i think this is docker under mirantis making a stand that you know they don't want to provide this service anymore not for free and probably not at all because mirantis is going in a different direction with docker but it used to be docker was kind of at the core of everything that was open source and cloud native back in the day when we didn't call it cloud native yet uh and i think the role of docker you know is not so front and central as it used to be. So I think it's, you know, I understand the decision. I understand the, uh, maybe some of the the motive behind it that they, you know, they uh, let the community know it's no longer the place to go. Do- Docker is no longer the place to go. It's something else, it's something different. Uh, and it it is especially uh, much more fragmented. So I think that's the challenge uh, of kind of the community and taking the next step is, is figuring out what is that Alternative when it's so fragmented across the landscape. Mm-hmm. Actually, well, I have a, a
1: question here. Go ahead. So, Stephen, you, you told us that you know, many of the images that you use come from there. Are you going to pay something to Docker to to continue to use the the service and not disrupt you know your operation somehow?
0: Well, that's and, and that I think Enrico cuts right to the core of this discussion. The answer is no. I am not paying for it. I'm not paying Docker for this. I'm using their service. I'm relying on their service, and I am not paying for it. And honestly, the same is true of, you know, I mean, I'm a huge Ubuntu user. Um, You know, I'm not paying Canonical to pull Ubuntu images and Ubuntu packages constantly from there. Um, I don't pay, you know, NIST for their NTP services. Um, You know, how come I'm willing to pay for some services? Like maybe I'll pay for Cloudflare, but I won't pay for something
4: else. That's, that's, I think that's the core of this question, right? Am, am I wrong, Larry? So, where my head starts going when I start looking at this, right, is because we start looking at different. You know, you've got the the Google registries. You've got GitLab. You can do container registries there, and that that functionality's been there for years and years and years. And then you've got GitHub, which um, Calvin and, and anybody may know. In the last few months, they're now doing beta um, testing of their their container registry as well. Um, I think kind of where I think where you was going is that, you know, reality is this is actually a good thing, I think, in, in some degree, because it does allow the community. Let's be honest. People are pissed off at Docker for the most. I mean, you know, to, to some degree um, because of the, the way that they always went with things. But the reality is it's still a good product, but you've got other solutions. But the reality is you still need a continue. You need an image. You need to consume that image from somewhere. Um, But what it does allow is it allows that the community and I think probably Kubernetes and CNCF is probably driving a lot of that direction. And it allows us to define what it looks like because you can already do custom registries within Kubernetes and all those different things. Um, So it just it's just a different way of doing things. But I think at the end of the day, Docker's shooting themselves in the foot going this route, but maybe that's what they want. Maybe they want to get rid of this business.
3: Honestly, I, I think this is not a mistake they're making or a mistake that is happening to them. I think this is something they are strategically doing to ha- to kind of give Docker a new chapter, uh, whatever that is, I, I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. But they have to do something else with Docker than it used to be, um, especially since being acquired by Morentis. They have to kind of you know uh, take a new page Start a new chapter with Docker because it it's no longer about the enterprise products that they were that they had. Uh, they are, you know, for better or for worse, no longer relevant in the market. Um, and and so, you know, having a an external force like this forcing us to use something else on Docker Hub, I'm fine with it. I mean, operationally in the day to day, it's gonna you know suck for for a while. We have to transition. We have to figure out um, to not use Docker Hub. Uh, and use something else, I mean, that's going to take us a couple of months. People, especially in deep engineering roles, are going to you know, be mad at Docker about that. And that's fine. I mean, in the end, this is Morentis trying to figure out what to do with Docker. That's what I see happening.
1: And, and also, maybe my, my point at the beginning was, you know, maybe they don't need you. They, they don't want you. And, uh, and the idea is that they can make uh, a little bit of money out of the, I don't know, ten percent, five percent of people that will stay with them, and uh, you know, and probably is a good money. I mean, it, it, it's it's not a bolt of money, but it's enough to sustain the business to pay, you know, for the for the capacity they need, for the for the bandwidth they need to to provide the service, and maybe and maybe there are some real, uh, you know, at the end of. The month, some real revenues that they can show to investors and to others. I mean, it's not that they have to be free to be nice and to be cool. I mean, at the very beginning, you know, uh, the, the biggest problem for Docker was to find a way to monetize their mm-hmm. services. And every time they tried to monetize, people, you know, were upset and and, and everything. I mean, they, they just tried to do what we asked them to do and uh and that and that was the problem i i can see that i mean why not
4: i think it's all Uh, the windows people that were um starting to build windows containers and all that now that docker you know those massive things they probably for read the fine line it probably does define something to do with windows so i just had to say that so
2: <laughs> I like good, that's like a conspiracy theory. Are you just you know, bleeding, bleeding over from uh, election day yesterday? Like this, this is a more oh, conspiracy theory. Oh, we're not
4: in the same place.
2: Okay. No, 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 not at all. But, but I, mean, I, I mean, more than like they don't have to provide this for free, but I, I feel like they they're always really good at stomping on their goodwill and and how they treat the community and. And the numerous name changes, you know, the Moby thing and going from Docker CE to the, to, I mean, I can't, I'm it's a user of it and I, and I can't even keep track of it. But I tell you what, this is an, an excellent opportunity for a group like Microsoft to come in and just swoop in and pick up that goodwill. And that is exactly what they're doing right now. Uh, they are you know, VS Code being free and actively developed and a super awesome tool, uh, sponsoring every conference under the sun that's gone virtual, uh, kind of throwing their their goodwill around that way without knowing what they may get in return, I mean, they're absolutely going to be all over this like white on rice. Uh, but you get groups now like a uh, AWS puts out a press release saying, "Here's what you do in light of these uh, rate limits, and coming soon, public registries. And as long as you authenticate yourself, voila, you've now gone from the free tier to the five terabyte, you know, allowed poll tier. It's probably nose they won't even notice a blip." On their radar, as far as like bandwidth or storage usage.
3: Yeah, but that does that does bring up a point where I think a you know a container registry, an artifact repository is no longer something unique. Back when Docker Hub became a mm-hmm. thing, it was very valuable, and it was at the beginning of a chain of events that happened after you published it on a uh, on on the registry. But I don't think you know Docker Hub specifically is anything special anymore. Uh, I don't think image repositories as a whole is anything special anymore. So they don't need that differentiation to create friction with their customers to stick with Docker. I don't think Morantis wants mm-hmm. those kinds of open source customers. There's mm-hmm. no money to be made with them, um, and we could speculate about what, what Morantis is going to do deal with Docker. I don't know. I mean, it'll probably be some, you know, cloud-like PaaS platform like you know Tanzu is or used to be, Pivotal. Uh, or openshift it's you know it's probably going to head in some similar direction and that is not where uh, there's no overlap with the customers using docker hub to download ubuntu or whatever other docker image right i think that's at the core of this decision um and you know and the other companies may step in like microsoft uh, in the example before but i don't think people will notice where they pull their docker image from or their container image from I don't know. I don't even know anymore. I just copy paste whatever. I put it in my code. And that's it. Right. I never even notice anymore. Now you have registry registries. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's, you know, I, I noticed for a while, but now it's just in my code, and I don't see it anymore.
4: But it makes you think long term, right? How it does kind of some of the conversations we had before is some of these, some of these strategic moves allow the industry to move forward faster right? Because I'm, I'm forcing a thing rather than, <laughs> than trying to facilitate everything that's always been good and working up until this point. Um, but it does allow us to look at kind of an architecture wise, how I'm consuming cloud native and, and images and, and all those different things, how I'm consuming them to make sure that I don't lock myself in next time. That doesn't mean you go spin up, you know, your own private registry and, and we're all going to use it. But what it does do is it allows me to get a process that's abstracted higher that can facilitate the move over to Calvin or, or something else like that. So, I mean, at, at the end of the day, we don't care. It's no different than pulling packages, like app packages, yeah. yum packages, anything. It doesn't matter. I think that one of the things
0: that's really interesting about this is that people might forget, too, just how integrated GitHub is with Docker Hub there, frankly, there wouldn't be a Docker Hub or Docker Hub wouldn't be possible without GitHub. And GitHub is part of Microsoft, um, you know, as as you know, you just said earlier, um, you know, that's the big opportunity I think for Microsoft and GitHub to replace Docker Hub. And that could be as Larry was just saying, I mean, uh, or uh, Youp as well, just a, a pretty much a, a said command, you know what I mean? It's It's like, nope, okay, goodbye, we're done am i wrong?
4: No, you could totally. I mean, you could see it from an architectural perspective, you know, not to go too far down that, but just kind of thinking out loud as we go through this. You could really start looking at things like a proxy type thing where you just just flip things on the back end where it doesn't matter. I mean, you just I mean, that'd be easy to do now is because at the end of the day, we really don't care. I mean, why can't? I mean, people use snap on Ubuntu, but why? You know, I mean, it's,
2: it's just, oh, there's a whole new podcast. Topic yeah, right exactly. There. I you know, I, like, I had to go there. So, <laughs>
4: <laughs> but, you know, I mean, really, it doesn't matter if Enrique wants to install something. He shouldn't have to really care where it comes from. Now, Ugh. it does bring security because, you know, there are a lot. We're all talking about this. This has been a challenge for years in containers is how to enforce, you know, the the, the, the security model to make sure. Hey, I mean, I'm getting these questions every day. How do I know when I consume a, an image that it's secure? The answer is you don't know unless you crack the code open. And even then you may as well build your own and, and consume, I mean, consume the foundation of, you know, base, base Cento, CentOS or Fedora or Ubuntu or Windows, God forbid, anything like that. And just build your own and, and go from there. It,
2: Right, but, but GitHub is especially well positioned here, yes. given their acquisition of like Dependabot and yep. these other secure, automated security services and yeah. the GitHub Actions. Like all this stuff is just like coming together. Yeah, we're going to make sure you don't accidentally commit credentials number one into your GitHub repository, and then commit security vulnerabilities or expose, your, expose yourself by putting uh, bad layers into yep. your your images you're putting on your Docker image. Yep, uh, and that.
4: And that's a good point about Dependabot is, I don't know if anybody else saw this, but last week they released some some patches and I manage 400 plus repos on GitHub. I got spammed like hell. <laughs> and guess what? I have CI integrated with all of my repos. They use Travis. They use different. They use GitHub Actions and all that. To this day, I still have Travis jobs that are still running because of the limitation on how many... So it's like, it just hit me all at one time. So that allows you to start looking at things a lot different too as well. So,
3: Looking back a little bit, I, I think, I mean, it, it is also a testament to how well Docker figured this out on paper. They never executed this, but their idea of having a secure software supply chain was phenomenally good. It was brilliant, but they never executed on it. Uh, and now it's, you know, kind of up to the rest of the the open source community to redo that whole thing, to reinvent that wheel again. Uh, because it was there. It was all, you know, thought out, planned out. That was, you know, Docker Swarm was part of it. Hub was part of it. Um, and so nothing groundbreaking will happen uh, with this Docker Hub uh, rate limiting. I think, you know, pieces will shuffle, but architecturally, I don't think anything's going to change at all.
0: Yep. I guess the uh, the truth is that all you need to do is crawl the hub once, <laughs> populate a yeah. different hub, yep. and call it a day. <laughs> yep. and that's you actually just uh, for 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 comparison. I mean, Alex Ellis uh, was the one who suggested this topic. Hi, Alex, and um, and he uh, his suggestion was basically to simply create a proxy for mm-hmm. uh, you know for for Docker Hub. Is that an option as well? I mean, do we have yeah, to that's... look at GitHub doing it, or can we just make our own proxy?
4: No, I mean that's kind of where I was going a few minutes ago. Is you, all you literally need to do is build a proxy in front of it, and that, and it's not. That's just common sense. I mean, think long term. People have invested, and we keep talking about this over and over and over. Is is the problem that that the majority of folks get themselves into is they new shiny tool and they're all in, right? We see it with companies over and over and over, and we're saying, no, wait a minute, back up look at this different, don't lock yourself in. We always say vendor lock in, but that's just FUD, right? But the reality is, you know, what we're talking about is abstract those things from an architectural perspective to think about them long-term, to not lock you into that technology. Make sure you can get in and out. And that sounds easier than, it sounds easier than it is, but it's really not that hard when you really start to back yourself up. So to the point of the registry is, yeah, I mean, that just makes sense. Build build a proxy. And that's, to your point, Alex does some great development work. Hey, there's a great project. I mean, he's already, you know, get everybody involved. I mean, it's just a matter of, and he's already embedded in CNCF and all that. I mean, it's, anyway, I digress.
2: <laughs> yeah, it just, it seems like there was money here that got left on the table by them. Like, I don't know how much money, like say a JFrog makes for Artifactory, but they right. they charge for this thing. And it seems like it could have still kept the open source side of it going, just like GitHub did. Private repositories cost, public one's free. Yeah. So I, I, don't, it's, it's, I don't know.
3: Again, I think it comes down to Morentis' plans with Docker. And I think Yeah. they are not planning to do anything open sourcey with Docker. Go but, and, and,
2: and if it's not on the roadmap, then they absolutely need to do what they're doing. Um, I mean, if they say this is not a thing that makes much money and it's, it's going to distract us from our focus of actually doing our actual course of business, then absolutely jettison it.
1: And at the end of the day, Mirantis is a service company, I mean, they have to uh, to sell professional services. And there are a lot of enterprises that adopted Docker at the very beginning, and they still have uh, some, some stuff around it. So I mean, Advocate
3: of the devil, they are going to do consulting with all of their customers to replace Docker Hub within their companies with something else yeah. commercially offered by Murantis. Wouldn't even be surprised if that's the case.
4: And, you know, I just to add, you know, now that we're talking about enterprise and all that now, years and years and years ago, I was part of an organization and a company that was a paid cost, a paying customer to Docker Enterprise and as well as Canonical. And I'm going to say it, it was awful. Now, hopefully it was, it's much better now. And how many abuse cap- did you have to take? Uh, no, I mean, it was literally, yeah, you you know, it was like it was ridiculous. You um, to the whole point, like Calvin actually hit on it a second ago is is being able to manage Docker versions and be able to uh, be able to pin versions. Like when you start talking automating and all that, being able to pin a version, they flip flop the package names all the time and just those things. But the but the pain point was always the enterprise the enterprise, what were, what were we paying for enterprise? You weren't getting anything. You know, I mean, it's, it, yeah.
3: But, well,
0: I'd like to wrap this thing up, but I want to give you guys a chance to kind of sum up. So getting back to the original point, and I think we were kind of just just, <laughs> just saying no, but um, is rate limiting going to kill Docker? Is rate, and, and I don't mean kill Docker the company, I mean sort of kill Docker's relevance in uh, in the cloud. And I'm going to go around the circle again. Um, I'll start with you this time. Uh, tell me and just uh, what's your opinion? Is rate limiting going to kill Docker's relevance?
3: Yes, they are uh, willingly crashing that part of the business. They have other plans with Docker.
2: Calvin? No, they're not killing Docker. Containers are a generic enough term and concept. The the Docker file format is a great standard for use for building these kinds of things. And I see it as just an excellent opportunity for uh, Microsoft to jump in and and do a, a good will grab. And I hope they do. Enrico?
1: Well, I, I'm mostly in line with Calvin. I mean, uh, it won't kill Docker. They will get the little money that they can get out of it. And uh, and maybe there will be something else. We don't know the strategy behind it. And uh, and probably there is something that we don't know that, uh, you know, in the long term, uh, we, we will see Docker again. Uh, but maybe in a different form. And Larry. Um, I'm going to go the route of Docker killed Docker years ago.
4: Um, <laughs> this is just the final, I mean, one of the, one of the things that just, like, a, like I say, you either have to make a decision or not. And this is them making the decision to say, let's do this thing and let's move on. But I do agree um, to some degree um, with everyone else that Docker is not going away. Um, it will be in a different form, but the format is is consistent enough that we can iterate off that long term.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's consistent with what we see architecturally. I mean, you know, I mean, it's important to remember that Docker is really integral to Kubernetes. It, anytime you're talking about Kubernetes, you're really using Docker images, mm-hmm. and it really dominates the the space. So I absolutely do believe that this is going to be something that we're going to see for a long time. Um, But that being said, you know, um, I think that the loss of Docker Hub is actually going to affect uh, the value of Docker as a brand and Docker as a company and could cause problems for them longer term. So thank you everyone for listening to the on-premise IT roundtable. If you enjoyed this discussion, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes since that really helps our visibility. And please hop on Twitter and criticize our discussions here as much as you like, especially if you think we're all, all wrong. Thank you for listening to the On-Premise IT Roundtable. If you enjoyed this discussion, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show, and please share it online. This podcast was brought to you by gestaltit.com, your home for IT coverage across the enterprise. For show notes and more episodes, go to gestaltit.com slash podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.